Critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey thinkers, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast, where you get a little harder to fool every time you listen. So let's start off today with a quick review before we dive in today's new fallacy. Let's review the historian's fallacy. Okay, you might want to hit pause real quick and see if you can remember what the historian's fallacy is. All right, so the historian's fallacy happens when people look back at something that happened in the past and they judge the people's actions and decisions based on the knowledge or information that's available now, but wasn't available then. So the question to ask yourself for the historian's fallacy is this, is this really something they could have known was going to happen or is that just the benefit of hindsight? This is a good one, y'all. So if you want to hear more about this fallacy, go back and check out episode 79. Okay, so the new fallacy we're learning about today is called the burden of proof fallacy. Burden of proof simply means the person who is, whoever is responsible for proving a claim, right? So the burden of proof fallacy happens when the responsibility to prove a claim is put on the wrong person. Typically, the burden of proof belongs to the person who's making a claim. So it's wrong to make a claim and expect someone else to prove to prove you wrong. If you're making a claim, you should be the one to to say why your claim is accurate and to give the evidence and give proof behind it. Sometimes you'll hear this fallacy referred to as shifting the burden of proof or misplaced burden of proof. And yes, there are some similarities to the appeal to ignorance fallacy that we talked about in episode 28, but burden of proof is a really important concept. So I wanted to give it its own episode. All right. So a simple example of the burden of proof fallacy is if John were to accuse a fellow student of cheating on a math test. The question the math teacher is going to ask is, How do you know? What proof do you have that he cheated? Well, John can't say, well, why don't you have him prove that he didn't cheat? Because I guarantee he can't prove it. That would be ridiculous. Of course, he can't prove that he didn't do something. If John is going to accuse him of cheating, he is the one who needs to have proof that the other student actually cheated. So the problem behind the burden of proof fallacy is that You can't just say stuff, give no proof of what you're saying, and expect other people to defend against what you're saying. You have to make a case. You have to offer evidence and produce good arguments for what you're saying. You've probably heard the phrase, innocent until proven guilty. In our legal system, a person is or is supposed to be assumed innocent unless the prosecution can make a good case and convince the judge or the jury that the person is guilty. The burden of proof is on the prosecution. It's on them to back up their accusation. Another example is informal debate. In formal debate, the burden of proof is on the affirmative team, and they have to show how the changes that they're proposing are necessary, are helpful, and will actually solve the problem. And if I'm out here saying that unicorns are a real thing, the burden of proof is on me to prove that it's true. It's nobody else's responsibility since I'm the one making the claim. 
Another way that we see the burden of proof fallacy kind of come into play is when someone denies or refutes a well-documented or very well-accepted, long-accepted fact or theory. For instance, let's take gravity. So the law of gravity has been around and accepted for over 300 years, or at least mostly accepted. I have heard some people um, who believe in a flat earth claim that there's no such thing as gravity, that what we experience as gravity is actually our earth moving upwards in space. Now, I am not here to argue the points of the laws of gravity or flat earth beliefs, and I'm not going to get into that, so don't send me emails about it, okay? <laughs> All I'm saying is that when someone is making a claim that's counter to an established or a long-held, long-accepted belief, they need to be ready to provide proof. They need to be able to make a case for it. They can't just say, well, you proved to me that earth isn't moving upwards in space. They would need to be the ones to bring some sort of a case for it. And, and by the way, this has happened um, in history many times. For example, prior to 18. 47, doctors didn't practice hand hygiene. They didn't wash their hands between patients. They didn't think they needed to. Well, along comes a Hungarian doctor named Ignaz Semmelweis, and I probably butchered the pronunciation of that. But anyways, this doctor was like, hey, we should be washing our hands. He had this idea, this hypothesis between patients because we seem to be spreading disease. And guess what? Initially, he was mocked and he was nobody believed him. They said he was crazy. The burden of proof was on him to prove his new theory. So he ran experiments and he collected data and he had provable stats that he could show that his theory was correct. And of course, now hand hygiene is not just a part of common medical practice, but it's a part of our general population's culture as well. We wash our hands. It is a thing that we do. So when you bring a new idea or a new theory, you have to be ready to back it up. So for this fallacy, rather than a question, I'm going to give you a statement that you can use when someone is committing the burden of proof fallacy. And it's this, you're the one making the claim. You're the one responsible to prove it. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? Let me say it again. You're the one making the claim, so you're the one responsible to prove it. All right, guys, that's it for today. Remember, when you learn how to think, you will no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what they want you to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question. Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filteritthroughabraincell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filteritthroughabraincell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filteritthroughabraincell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with people in your life.